All right, welcome to another episode of HOA Nightmares. Uh, today we have a very, very special uh, episode for you all. We actually have our very first guest that we're going to be thrilled to bring out here shortly. Um, but I guess while we're jumping into things, you know, there's been a lot that's happened since we last talked. So, Stephen, how, how are things going? They're going well. They're going well. Uh, this has been, you know, quite a quite a heavy month of December with both your and my uh, end of year annual meetings on the board uh, for our respective boards. So uh, it's been an interesting one and, you know, happy holidays and happy new year to uh, all the listeners out there. Um, the, the rising ranks of, of nightmare listeners. So we're, we're happy to have you join us again. Absolutely. Well, I guess maybe let's just launch right into it. I know that there was a little bit of trepidation on your side entering into this annual meeting for a number of reasons, but uh, it sounds like things could have gone a lot worse, but they didn't go great. So maybe you can uh, tell us a little bit about, about how this uh, all unfolded. Yeah, so I was, I was going in expecting at the absolute worst, but uh, really it went, it, went pretty, uh, it went pretty good. Um, you know, all things considered, uh, you know, it was uh, a pretty uneventful meeting. You know, we, we went in thinking that there could be some fireworks. So we had, you know, the uh, association's attorney join and actually moderate and manage the meeting. Uh, he did a great job, laid down the ground rules right in the beginning, um, explained what would and wouldn't be uh, tolerated. Uh, and that kept everybody pretty much in bounds. Um, I think the, you know, the biggest, the biggest probably tense issues that happened, although they were few and far between, were, um, were really keeping, um, you know, the details of our potential litigation and the identity of the person who was um, causing all of these, these legal issues uh, in, the, in the board this year um, a secret because uh, that person was sitting uh, right there uh, at the meeting um, while everyone else was asking, you know, who and what and where and why did we acquire all of these legal costs? Um, but, you know, as, as part of, you know, the details of the settlement, we could not disclose that um, and could not really give any details. Uh, so there were a few beads of sweat on all of our brows uh, as we locked eyes with, you know, our, uh, our nemesis in the audience um, as all of the fellow uh, members of the building were grilling us on what happened and why is, you know, how is this not going to happen again? Um, but other than that, it, it, went, it went pretty well. Um, you know, the current board uh, swept again. So, you know, we've got the same group of people on uh, this, you know, next year as we'll have on uh, this year. So I think things will go smoothly forward. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what, uh, what we can get accomplished next year. Very, very nice. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I, you know, I think it's smart, especially in these scenarios, to probably brace for the worst, uh, but then, you know, have it not play out in that way, which I think is, I'm sure you can all breathe a bit of a sigh of relief. Um, we were not as fortunate um, as you were in, in that endeavor. Um, so, you know, we had two people that come in and actually run the election. And so this guy was a no-nonsense. Um, he's from the state of Florida. And um, it was really wild because he was saying, you know, at times he was like, you cannot address me. Do not speak to me um, during the, the ballot collection process. Um, I mean, he had to have two other volunteers that were not affiliated with the board or running to help him actually process the ballots. They had to 
it was almost like a swearing in. It was. It just seemed really dramatic that he had to. They had to like swear an oath to, you know, be impartial and and make sure that they were kind of following his rules and procedures. And they had to agree and sign something in writings. And um, both of them did so begrudgingly because um, they were one of the few others actually in attendance um, that weren't either running or were already on the board. So, so, so Pat, I've got to ask. Yeah. Given that you live in Florida. You know, do we have to worry about a recount, any <laughs> chads? You know, what kind yeah. of situation could come up? You know, Supreme Court um, cases. Tell, tell me more about, you know, I mean, how you're managing the risk. Oh, yeah. So this guy, I mean, he's appointed by the state, and I think to ensure there's none of these hanging chads. Um, he also had really, really strict. He had to go over, he read like four pages back to back of the process and procedures of also how they count ballots and ballots that were, um, would be potentially invalidated. He had to go over all that stuff on the front end because there were a few that actually did get thrown out because they didn't follow like the right protocol. So there's several envelopes. I mean, truly, if you don't, like when I had to vote, I had to read every single line twice to make sure that I put them in the right envelopes. You had to sign one of them once they were sealed. They had special envelopes that you could all, like, that all had to be done on paper, which I think is great. So the Ukraines can't hack uh, the North Bay <laughs> Village elections. But um, it was, uh, yeah, it was really crazy. And like, and he, he was so no nonsense. Like, I think, I mean, he had the appearance of like ex-military. I'm guessing he, you know, was like an ex-seal part of the, the team that brought down bin Laden. But um, it was really crazy. I, I mean, I was, I was really surprised. That's good. Well, it sounds like it went off without a hitch, uh, both both yours and mine. So glad to hear that, you know, once again, we maintain power and control. Uh, That's true. And, and we can, you know, influence uh, the, uh, you know, the way our, our, our buildings are going to are going to move. Um, For sure. I definitely got a bit of a taste of some of the how the you know, the 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 politics of it all, if you will. One of the, the challengers who I do lovingly refer to as the Mitch McConnell um, made sure that he sat right next to me during the whole process. I think it was really trying to win me over with the sympathy vote and, you know, was talking about all of his current health ailments, you know, which again goes back to, is he fit to lead a building? I don't know. Um, very graphic detail of a heart procedure going through his groin. And it just was one of those things where I was trying to figure out what the motivation was uh, as to why he'd want to make me as uncomfortable as, you know, discussing his groin at an election. But um, it, it was, I, I don't, I'm not sure what he was getting at, but I really great level of compassion while making sure to keep my distance, knowing that his, um, you know, his heart was quite vulnerable. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a very, very unique evening. But um, yeah, we did. We, we swept again and had a lot of plans. I mean, the, the conversation did take a bit of a turn when one of the most contentious uh, issues came up, which is our pending uh, fitness center in the building. And, and everyone wants to know what machines and what, you know, there was a lot of opinions on that ranging from we should have an all Peloton studio and rent it out <laughs> to the neighborhood, which is also tough given some of their recent PR blunders um, to, you know, making it be an awaits only for people trying to get huge. Um, it, it was a really wild, like that's what like, it was crazy because everybody had, you know, an, an opinion. It seemed like everybody just all of a sudden morphed into a John Bastow and, you know, trying to get their infomercials on of what they think the gym needs. So it was, it was strange, but I think we, we got a lot of opinions. We had zero consensus and have a lot to think about before we make any purchases. I, I think, I mean, you could probably find pretty cheaply some, uh, some of those gazelles on, uh, you know, out there on yeah. the, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, the basement of the internet. 
just you know put it in for all those those aspiring you know lean mean uh, you know beach walkers that you have in your building. Um, but uh, a lot of, got a lot of those. Overall, sounds pretty good. Yeah, no, I think we're we're all quite thankful. I think both of us can breathe a sigh of relief that we get uh, a whole another year of, of some of this madness and, and hopefully some more fun stories to be sharing with all of our, our growing listener population. Um, but I think, you know, without further ado, I should think we should bring out our special guest. I think um, this, this is, is uh, truly a treat for HOA Nightmares. This and, um, you know, we're thrilled to have him. This is really a step up. I mean, this is both, uh, you know, a, a huge... A huge addition to the podcast. Uh, this guest has been been a listener, I believe, for uh, a little while, uh, which is exciting. Um, but I think with you know with, without further ado, uh, you know we're going to get some some great content today from from him. Uh, John is on the podcast with us. Uh, John, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, hey guys, I'm 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 thrilled to be a part of this. You know, definitely a longtime listener. You know, first time participant over here. So. Hopefully uh, not the last time. Yeah, hopefully not the last time. Hopefully not the last time. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, the podcast is very cathartic, I think, for everyone who either lives in a building where, you know, there's a lot of shared responsibility or, you know, you've kind of dealt with, you know, any type of, of, of neighbor problems, right? You know, you, you kind of get a good outlet for, uh, you know, the, the stuff that I think everyone everyone sees. You know, I, I don't think there's probably a, a single... HOA or kind of resident or occupant uh, run building out there today that that, that is run well and uh, I'm definitely part of that uh, part of that group you know and uh, I don't know it, you know they're like dysfunctional families right you know they've got they got their own little quirks you know but uh, at the end of the day everyone is in it together and uh, that that's kind of the fun part about things so I guess kind of like give a little bit of background and I did come armed Pat and Stephen with a story for today talk about something that has been kind of ongoing in our building and you know it's, it's kind of good good timing too because it sounds like and, and I don't want to well, knock on wood here but you've been uh, teasing this to me for for weeks now and well, I'm excited it feels like we've gotten some resolution on the issue right so this has been you know about one year you know uh, basically start to finish and I feel like we've reached a resolution on this and um, you know that's why I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here you know hopefully this is not just you know event session we can maybe talk about how we kind of got this whole thing addressed and, and, you know, maybe some other listeners out there have kind of dealt with some of similar things, but, uh, I guess to give a little bit of background on myself. So I live in, live in Boston and, uh, in a neighborhood called Charlestown for anyone who's familiar with the area. And we live in, that, a, that's the Charlestown. That's where everybody robs banks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think it's, uh, it's turned more into, you know, Lululemons and, uh, you know, strollers and okay. you know, Starbucks coffees, but a lot uh, of breeders, a lot of, yeah, a lot of breeders, <laughs> a lot of breeders. We, we had a neighbor who moved in across the street and they were like, we feel out of place here. We don't have a baby or a dog. Um, you know, and, and that's probably a good way to describe, you know, Charlestown where one of the neighborhoods in Boston that uh, tends to draw in um, you know, people who are maybe in their 30s, right? So people who are you know, either settling down in a relationship and maybe they're going through that first phase of, of getting a dog or you know, maybe they're a little bit further along in their relationship and they're you know, uh, starting to build their own families. But uh, th that's definitely kind of the, the demographic there. there there's you know, a, a pretty diverse range of people that live in Charlestown, but I think the meat and potatoes of it you know, probably falls. How do, you, how do you feel like this sort of demographic um, impacts the way that you know your building or really any yeah. of the buildings 
might be managed because Pat and I certainly have talked about the fact that you know the people, their ages, their goals, you know, really impact what they want out of their building and their units yeah. and what they are or are not willing to deal with or accommodate. Well, I think there's two interesting factors here. So one factor is the demographic of the people, but also the demographic of the properties. So like the kind of the category of yeah. properties that are there. So our building, you know, built in 1910. So coming up on the 110th anniversary of, of this building being constructed. Somebody's it's, a math major. Someone's a math major here. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm, I'm just trying <laughs> just trying to... Just trying to impress the uh, the listeners, right? Uh, but you know that, that that's important because I'm, I was going to talk about another issue in our building where you know it kind of comes up on the hundred year anniversary. You've got to go through and do some very specific maintenance for these types of buildings around kind of brick construction and stuff like that. That uh, is, is is pretty intense. But you know all these buildings, right? Hundred year old buildings. They've got you know a lot of their own quirks, whether it's around the design. You know, you got four floor walk up. You've got you know kind of very narrow staircases. They're retrofits, they're small spaces, you know, uh, some pieces have been left behind from, you know, previous renovations decades ago. Some are, you know, kind of refreshed things, but you've got, you know, definitely, you know, something that's not very cookie cutter, right? This is not something where, you know, someone, someone, it, it's not a well thought out design, right? You know, it's, it's a lot of retrofit, you know, grandfathered in, you know, design practices and stuff like that. And that kind of describes the buildings. And you were talking, you know, about the hanging chads. Well, we, we got a lot of hanging chads and hanging brads inside of the building <laughs> who are a lot of the occupants. And these are not folks with construction backgrounds. These are, you know, a lot of tech bros. You've got, you know, people who will maybe, you know, uh, we had a girl who was living up on the fourth floor of our building who was like a research student. We've got, you know, people who are teachers. We've got a doctor in our building. We've got people who do tech sales. We've got people kind of from all over. But, you know, definitely not folks who are experts in, you know, 100-year-old building construction, you know, maintenance of, of these types of properties. So that, that creates what I think is a very unique problem, you know, for, for Charlestown, especially because people are buying into, you know, kind of pretty expensive properties. And the market's relatively hot, so people are deferring home inspections. You know, you're kind of walking into some of these things thinking, hey, I get this great investment that's going to keep skyrocketing. And you're like, oh, you know. There's probably a whole backlog of deferred maintenance, you know, that no one has really addressed and uh, no one's an expert on. And, and, you know, I think probably what's maybe a little bit different about our building than, you know, the properties you guys have talked about, uh, where, where you're, you're a member of those HOAs is that our, our particular building is only a six-member HOA or we've got six units within it. All the owners are trustees on the HOA. And so that's a very, very different situation. Pat, you, how many, right. how many units did you say you had? Yeah, we're 88 strong. 88. Yeah. And we have roughly in the 70 or so. Um, so yeah, you know, there's, there's a that lot makes of, John a very juicy a guest of, because yeah, that yeah. is a very unique dynamic. It's unique and, and it's not uncommon in Boston though, because Boston is, you know, home to the triple decker, right? You know, you've got neighborhoods and, and cities like Somerville that, you know, have been some of the most densely populated urban areas in the country. You know, I think Somerville held that title for a lot of a long student time. populations, yeah. huge people population. in and out, a lot of churn. You're looking at something that looks like a single family home, but it's three floors that are three different units. So for, for those folks on maybe on the phone that, that aren't familiar with the area. So think about a triple decker as being, you know, kind of something that looks like a home that's, you know, uh, three stories tall. And each one of those is going to be its own, you know, kind of condominium or apartment. And inside that you'll have anywhere from, two to four bedrooms maybe and inside of that you have anywhere you know from you know two to maybe eight people living inside each floor 
So you've got a lot of people that are living inside, you know, the footprint of, of you know, something that looks like a single family home, you know, to someone who's driving by. So, and, and what's happened in the area too is where, you know, real estate's kind of exploded. Um, you know, now all of a sudden you have someone who buys into a condo thinking, hey, this is a great investment for me. This is fantastic. But now you've got, you know, basically six knuckleheads who are managing, you know, a $3 million asset and they have no idea how to do that. And uh, nobody really wants to take control of, you know, whose who's, uh, mistakes are whose, yeah. you know, whose responsibility is the overall building. Right. You're thinking only, I blew, you know, I, I blew all the money I have to get into this condo and now I don't want to spend any more for nickel and dime issues that may or may not come up. Exactly. Or may or may have already come up and the seller did not tell me. And, and I think there's another interesting dynamic here too is that you know, you, you've got buildings like this where folks you know, have their own unit, right? So they look at you know, within my walls, this is my own unit. Anything outside my walls is going to be you know, part of the building or the association. You know, runs it. I mean, this issue that I'm going to tell you guys about, you know, one of the big, you know, kind of kind of contention points there was that we had, you know, a girl who lived up on the fourth floor selling her unit. Her parents kind of owned it. I think it was in her name, but they were living out in Denver and kind of handling all the services on her behalf, or or kind of really being the spokesperson for for the asset. You know, taking control of it, but they, they were they were nowhere nowhere near the property. And they had an impression that the HOA president, you know, sounds very, uh, you know, sounds very esteemed. You know, I'm picturing guy maybe at a big oak desk, you know, sitting there. He's got, you know, diplomas on the wall or something. But no, it's it's one guy in our building who, you know, sort of sheepishly stepped up to manage the finances, you know, for this six-unit condominium trust. And his real responsibility is... Uh, just kind of making sure the payments go through for you know our base bills, so our HOA fees basically just cover uh, you know whatever our common expenses are, kind of carrying costs, right? So master insurance for the building, uh, utilities like water that are you know metered at a, at a per building level, uh, common area electricity for lights in the hallways, and that's basically it. We don't keep you know significant reserve. Part of that is you know kind of the the, the ongoing HOA expenses have uh, gone more and more to those as, you know, property values have increased. So, you know, insurance has gotten to be a lot more expensive. Um, but, you know, kind of two problems that, that have happened here is one, this role of like HOA president, this guy's not, you know, he, he's not running the building. He's not a superintendent. He's not, you know, someone who is, you know, thinking about this on a daily basis. He's just kind of writing the checks on an as needed basis. But kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, you know, I think the other challenge is that you've got someone who's thinking about their property as being, you know, within those four walls, uh, but then all of a sudden, you know, there's something like a leak, and that starts to impact, you know, within those walls for each resident is whose whose responsibility is this, right? Um, and that starts to become a little bit more complicated. So, have there been a, is there a specific issue that you feel that is most pertinent to share with all of our listeners today? Yeah, so so this was and this was the one that I feel like we finally got resolution on. And, and this girl who was living up on the in the fourth floor of our building, you know, had some water that was coming through her unit just as she was about to sell it. So she hadn't communicated, you know, to the other five neighbors or five other you know uh, trustees in in the building that she was getting ready to sell her unit. But, you know, we were starting to, you know, scratch our heads a little bit because she was saying, hey, I'm going to look into, you know, addressing this issue. There's water coming in. I went up to the roof one time and noticed that, you know, part of our roofing had just you know, kind of peeled back above a structure where for the door that enters out to the roof. 
you know, so wow. that was part of wind damage and uh, did that as kind of a quick repair to you know, just sort of mitigate that and have stopped the leak. So how do those things get, those those issues, how do they get found? Is it just one of, of yeah, you in the building happens to stumble across, you know, either massive yeah. uh, flooding issues, roof issues, What? Like, how do these things Well, th up? this one had been kind of ongoing and the way it manifested just, just sort of built over time. So actually the, the first... The first time that this uh, got caught, Ali and I, my wife, uh, we were traveling abroad. We were in Iceland, and I had my phone with me. We were in a camper van, driving around. We're outside of a sorcerer's museum in the West Fjords, uh, northernmost parts of Iceland, using their Wi-Fi. And I get like a notice that all the smoke alarms are going off in our building. And they're just going absolutely haywire. And they're like, John, can you help us stop this problem? Could you, did you go to the sorcerers? Uh, no, no. It, 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 it's, uh, it was, it, this was actually an even crazier problem because we were Airbnb in our unit at the time. And uh, we were getting calls from the neighbors. Hey, the alarms are going off 24-7. It turned out water was leaking in from the roof into the smoke alarms. And it was causing them all to, you know, this, this uh, series that's connected together that in the common hallways, they were all triggering. And we ended up getting this thing fixed. My I feel triggered. Yeah, yeah well, especially being in a fjord in Iceland and hearing all that. And I mean, tough, tough, uh, tough news on a trip like that. Well, we talked to the girl who was in the Airbnb at the time, like a day later. We're like, hey, our neighbors have said the alarms have been going off at a deafening volume for like three <laughs> days nonstop. Like, is everything okay? And she goes, yeah, they they have been. I've just been studying through it. So we were like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I hear crack. Make study. sure you clean up when you leave. Yeah, I hear a drip from a faucet every minute, and um, um, I feel like it's you know uh, Chinese water torture. I go crazy and I can't handle it. But somehow, you know, two hundred decibel smoke alarms going off twenty four hours a day for three days straight. She was able to study for her uh, her, her uh, medical exam or whatever she was doing. She was uh, she was from Sudan though, so I think you know just different environment. You know, it's <laughs> she, she's had little, some outside distractions. <laughs> She's used to the news and outside distractions. So, so that was kind of how the problem first manifested, right? And uh, girl goes to seller unit. The realtor, the seller's agent, was putting a lot of pressure on our HOA to basically address this, you know, because he, he was kind of foreseeing that, hey, when we sell the unit, this is going to become you know, a point of contention for whoever's coming to buy it. They're going to want to make sure that someone's doing something to resolve this problem before before they purchase the unit. You know, you could see visible watermarks on the ceiling. They just renovated the unit. They didn't want there to be damages to that. They didn't want this to hold up the sale. So this guy was actually, you know, really putting a lot of pressure on our unit to get this stuff fixed. And this, this kind of goes back to how these small HOAs are run. You know, uh, long story short, you know, we we had the girl go out and kind of get some, uh, you know, kind of preliminary quotes, which were all over the place. You know, one of them was like, hey, there's a door on the roof that, you know, looks like it's leaking. We noticed some, some eroded trim. That's going to be five grand to fix. They were like, or you just actually at this point, they were like, it's probably the whole roof is jacked up. You need a new roof. That's going to be 40 grand to fix. And we're wow. like, guys, this doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, this is a 30 year roof. Like this seems extreme. You know, let's get some more, you know, diagnosis systems, some second opinions on this. And they're, they're coming in. These contractors are coming in knowing that. Sure. They're, yeah. they're, they're primed. They're primed to do some business. Right, right. And they know these HOAs, a lot of people are going to do equity line of credit. They're going to, you know, kind of dip into the equity of the property. They have no problem writing a check for that, divide it over six units. Everyone throws in, you know, five grand. Maybe they're, they're chipping in, you know, uh, 80 bucks a month, you know, as part of, you know, kind of an extra payment towards, you know, some credit that they have. Um, but, uh, 
we didn't get, you know, really the second opinion that we wanted. The second opinion ended up being, you know, the, the, the seller's agent said, hey, I'm just going to have a guy do this for like a thousand bucks less. So a bunch of the repair work that he kind of claimed as deferred maintenance said, hey, this will solve the problem. Give him five grand, you know, problem solved, and let's just move on with this. At the end of the day, you know, we, there were several missteps. You know, our president had written the check and just given him the cash for the work before it was done. We didn't vet things out. It ended up we basically flushed that five thousand down the toilet, and this guy wow. ran off with the money. Which That's wild. So did the did the work at all get done, or did it, well, they just they just kind of shoddily? You know, so repair. so we we have, you know this this is the problem I think with some of these small units is we said look this didn't solve the problem we got to fix it. You know, in my unit, we're on the first and second floor. We, were, we weren't getting any water in our unit. So, you know, kind of out of sight, out of mind. And, and to be honest, I mean, it's hard for, you know, anyone to diagnose these issues if, I'm, if I can't see where the water's coming from. You know, I, I do have a little bit of a background and kind of a hands-on, you know, kind of home repair sort of, uh, you know, kind of person. So I'm kind of proactive in addressing that stuff in my own unit. But uh, in this case, you know, I, I'm not seeing any water coming in, so it's hard for me to solve it. I was getting pressure from, you know, our other neighbors and, and my neighbor above who, uh, you know, he's a doctor. He's texting me just, you know, all the time, like water coming in, water coming in, you know, building getting ruined, building getting ruined. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. So I, really, really positive, yeah, you know, yeah. um, moving and, the conversation forward. And, and we're forward. saying, we're like, look, man, like, look, if you get some quotes out there, you know, maybe do something that is moving the ball in the right direction, that would be a great first step. But if not, you know, then, then that's really what we need to have happen. And eventually the water damage got so bad it was coming into my unit and I did get a guy out who was a rubber roof specialist and was, you know, kind of gave us a great quote on, you know, just resealing these uh, EPDM rubber roof seams because the, uh, the, the lap sealant that basically fuses the seams together has a shorter life than the membrane on the roof itself. So yeah. membrane's got a 30-year life. The seals need, need maintenance done every five years. So that was something that was neglected and we said, look, you know, we don't need a $40,000 roof. We need, you know, $5,000 maintenance to be approached. But and so this is a great thing of having details. John here because yeah. Steve and I have mostly just talked about silly things. John's dropping some actual knowledge. This man when, is when in seals and membranes. Like, wow. I mean, our, what a treat for our listeners. And look, Pat, I knew nothing about this, you know, a month ago. And it was one thing where I had to kind of like, you know, force myself to learn a little bit about it to be educated enough so that when we brought these contractors in, they weren't just going to, you know, uh, <laughs> just really take us for a ride, right? So right. It, it took a little bit of education to learn it, and we found a great guy who was helping us do it. We got scheduled, but the funny part about all this was we had this guy scheduled, and, you know, it's December in Boston. It's something that kind of unfolded over the past four to six weeks. And, you know, we, we're getting water in the unit. I'm trying to tell my, my neighbors. I'm getting those texts, you know, every night. I'm trying to go to bed, you know, and it's just, you know, building getting ruined, building getting ruined, water coming in. I'm like, you know, we, we've got a guy coming. Let's just, yeah, this sucks. Get some buckets, you know, and, you know, I, I promise you it'll only take two weeks for this guy to come out, and I think we're going to be okay. And then all of a sudden we start noticing in the hallway downstairs, like, man, this water is getting extreme. And Allie actually came to me. She goes, John, like, Something is getting really bad in the hallway, and we're like, it's not raining out now. There's maybe a little bit of ice on the roof, but it seems like there's just gallons of water coming through the ceiling. Like, I don't know what the heck is going on. And uh, the girl who actually purchased that fourth floor unit, she sends an email out to us and says, uh, hey, guys, like, I think this might be a different issue. You know, um, There's a lot of water coming through. She's like, I went on the roof. There's no water up there, maybe a little bit of ice. Not sure what's going on. I, you know, my neighbor upstairs, the, the one who's kind of all about, you know, the sky is falling, 
I would give him a zero out of ten as far as communication goes. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's funny because Pat, it's a you're, great great texter, poor communicator. Yeah, well, Pat, you're talking about the folks who are on your, uh, you know, kind of your HOA, and you got Blackwater there, you got Dick Cheney, you got Navy Seals, we've got Mr. Magoo right. upstairs <laughs> yeah. who you know doesn't know what's going on. And, I, quite frankly, I think I hear him walking into walls on a daily basis. Like it's just like you don't know what's going on out there. So we're we're trying to piece this one together. We're like, okay, let's take a second and sort of figure out what's going on. He's he's a doctor, which is the most curious part about this. He's sending me texts, and he's Did like, "Did you ever get to speak to him personally, or was it always you know texting, missing each yeah. other?" Yeah, <laughs> it would know. mostly be missing oh, each right. other. Yeah, he he worked like a third shift, like fifteen hour days uh, as as a physician. And it was kind of hard for schedules to sync up and just kind of culturally, I don't know what his culture is, but I'm, I chalk it up to that. Yeah. Not a mime culture, not a lot of words, a musk mime culture. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't get a lot out of him. So we're we're trying to he you know, and his other thing was in addition to like building getting ruined, building getting ruined, he, he would throw out, you know, kind of wild hypotheses. You know, he'd be like I don't know. Pipes broke. You know, our uh, our pipes broke. And we'll be like, I don't know, man. Like we've lived here for you. You've been here fifteen years. I've been here five. I haven't noticed a lot of pipes just you know just exploding, right? You know, like we've been here in the winter time. Pipes don't burst before. I don't think it's happening now. And he was like, Look, we're getting you know forty gallons of water in the hallway. We got to get someone out for the roof. And we're like, You know, I don't know. If we're getting forty gallons and it's not raining. Something seems suspicious. So we I don't re- like where this is going. So we reach out yeah. to him and we're like, we're like, all right, let's put on our problem solving hats here. You know, let's try to figure out what's going on. We're like, okay, ask the girl in the top unit, are you getting any water? She says, no. Okay, I'm, I'm getting water in my unit. I ask my neighbor, I'm like, hey, are you noticing, you know, any water in your unit? You know, because the water is coming down in the hallway actually outside of mine, which mm-hmm. is the first floor. And we're like, are you, are you seeing like water up in your unit? And he goes, yeah, I don't know, hard to tell. We're like, hard, hard to, to tell. tell. <laughs> hard to tell. We're like, is, is it this thing to tell? Uh, yeah, because I asked my brother about this, who's really an expert with, you know, kind of diagnosing a lot of these, you know, kind of complicated, you know, uh, home issues, right? You know, things that don't have a very clear smoking gun or clear symptoms. Um, I mean, wet, wet or dry. Yeah, and that's what he said. Is it wet in your unit? <laughs> are, you, are you noticing water in there? And, uh, <laughs> I didn't get an answer, and we're just like, oh, hard to tell. That's weird. So we're like, okay. So I shut the main main water off for the building, and we're like, okay, let's 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 take a step back. Let's turn the main water off. Let's see if it stops. And it does. Sure enough, two hours later, no water coming out. Like, oh, okay. So okay. So then let's turn it back on, and no water's coming out. So we're like, okay. No, we know it's not a pressurized pipe because like if it was something on the supply side coming in the building. If you turn the water off, it's going to stop. When you turn it on, that pipe's going to be leaking again, right? So this sounds like it's either related to an appliance or a waistline, you know, like, uh, so like maybe when someone took a bath, took a shower, ran an appliance, so we're like, okay, hmm. scratching our heads. Next morning, wake up, hallway's flooded again, water everywhere. We're like, okay, cool. Okay, let's think about this. Now, between midnight and 6 a.m., did anyone do anything? Ask the audience, you know, ask our neighbors, send an email out, you know, neighbor upstairs says no, but she's going to stop using her appliances so we can isolate the issue. Guy upstairs is saying, I don't know, man, I think it's the roof, like, and we're like, I don't think so, man, I think it's your unit, actually, I think it's you. <laughs> you the call's coming from inside the house. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, and we ask him, well, yeah, we're like, any appliances, anything you're doing? He goes, yeah, yeah, actually, uh, my washing machine is leaking water. We noticed some water leaking, but we stopped using it two days ago. 
So we're like, okay. I'm so fine. he knew that his washing machine was leaking and never said yeah. anything despite so, all of these leaks. So we're like, okay, okay, let's take a step back. Yeah, because we're like, okay, so you stop using the washing machine. Anything else out there goes, yeah, yeah, my toilets are overflowing too. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, he's like, you think. How does he live there? Well, you think <laughs> there could be a sewage issue up there? I'm, I'm like, no, nah, Chris, I was like, you know, oop, I shouldn't use his name. I was like, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was a, that, <laughs> or, uh, that was a pseudonym. Yeah, that was a pseudonym. pseudonym. So pseudonym. We're, like, we're like, okay, pseudonym. we're like, we're like, anything else? Like, huh, I don't think it's a toilet because. You know, none of us are experiencing any other backups, right? So, so, we have so your upstairs common, neighbor, Chris Jenner. We have a, yeah, we have, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. So we're like, we're like, hmm, okay, I don't think it's this. I don't think it's the sewage issue. You said you stopped using the washing machine. What's that? Is there anything else up there? Because yeah, just just replace my dishwasher. That was having problems. And we're like, how? We're like, let's take a step back here, man. Because we asked you days ago, any water up there? And now we know why. It was hard to tell. It's, everything is leaking. Is there an open fire hydrant in his unit? <laughs> so so we take the a water based appliance that he has yeah. is malfunctioning in some way and spewing water. So yeah, exactly. So we we're like, okay, well, you stop using all that stuff. Can you stop using everything and let's see if it persists? So he's like, okay. So the next day we're like, okay, guys, the bucket in the hallway is now collecting a couple gallons during intermittent periods. So we know it's tied to some usage. We're getting closer to solving this riddle, right? And uh, we're, we're also looking at the bucket that we're filling in and we're draining this thing out. We're like, okay, we're collecting maybe, I don't know, a couple gallons, like five gallons. So maybe some water's getting trapped in the wall. Is there anything in your house that would be generating, you know, maybe five gallons or so per usage? And it's still happening over the course of these couple of days. And we're like, what, oh what the God. heck could this be? And we're like, hey, Chris, like, it, we've narrowed this down to you, man. Like, we've narrowed <laughs> this down to your unit. You, you seem to have a lot of water up there. And it seems to be coming from your unit. So we were like, can you, can you maybe just pause for another minute and think about this? And he comes back and he goes, uh, oh, yeah. He's like, uh Last night when the water was coming through, he goes, uh, my wife was running the wash. We're like, well, was she running the, the washing machine that was leaking that you told us she stopped using? So they're continuing to use their appliances after saying they're going to stop. Yes. After knowing that they're leaking. Yes. And they're continuing to be used. Yes. And we said, Chris, okay, so that, that relates to the last leak that you had there. But what about the night before? Like you guys said you stopped using the washing machine. Were you using it? He goes, yeah, we were also doing a couple loads that day. Too. <laughs> and we were like, can you get someone out to look at this man? Like, do you see anything up there that would be causing a leak? And it turned out that uh, the the ejector for the washing machine had gotten loose and wasn't pumping it into the waistline. Every time he did a load, it was pumping 10 to 15 gallons of water directly into the wall. Oh, <laughs> so, oh my God. Yeah, so so that one ended, and this is happening concurrently with, you know, our roof leak. So it made it very difficult to diagnose this. And we is just, he washing the entire oh my gosh. scrubs? We don't know. So so, so, so just, and, and this was great too, because we just finally had that work done on the roof. He had the washing machine repaired. And finally, like the icing on the cake, I reached out to him the other day and I said, Chris, you know, happy new year. Hope you guys had a great holiday. Mailed the checkout for, you know, the roof repairs. The washing machine's done. Seems like it's bone dry. Everyone's happy. I'm like, hopefully no leaks up there, right? You know, everything's solved. And he goes, well, uh, still having some singular issues with water coming from the bottom of my shower and the bottom of my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> this, man, said, this man's he said, unit is, 
is just a complete. It's just it's just, like, it's, it's just it's menace, like you know, I have to get a gondola just to get around this guy's it's, place. It's like Kevin Costner's Waterworld up there. You know, <laughs> it's like it's it's unbelievable. It's a splash zone. It's it's uh, so I can tell you, you know, when you think about HOA nightmares, the guy you do not want above you, you know, uh, inside of an apartment is the one who's. You know, washing machine, ceiling, toilet, shower, dishwasher, <laughs> and uh, all major appliances are just pouring out water everywhere. You know, that that is not the guy that you want to have up there. But, you know, it, it, it actually was an interesting issue, too, because he came back at the end of the day and said, hey, you know, I think there's probably a lot of mold in the walls now. We want to get, you know, mold inspector out here. And we were like, look, dude, that, that's on you, man. That's on you. you know? I think, yeah. How could all of this not be on him? Right. How, so you're talking about damages to the roof, which got fixed, because you know about seals and membranes. You now have repairs to the actual appliances. But inside the walls, including all of the leakage into your hallway, how is that getting solved? So this, the yeah. problem is solved, but yeah. there are right. sources, the many source that there are residual symptoms, yeah. So I mean, our, our you know, look, I'm, I'm not a germaphobe. You know, the wa right now it's, you know, 38% uh, humidity right now in Boston. You know, your, your, your lips and fingers are cracking the moment you walk outside and it's bone dry inside. So fortunately, all these issues that we had just recently, you know, didn't have a lot of lasting damage. This is in the that's good. where mold grows right yeah, now. That's lucky. Good. It's fortunate, right? So I ended up, when these problems happened, ended up running to Home Depot, rented, you know, a big carpet blower. You know, I got a wet vac, you know, sucked up the moisture, tried to triage this thing as quickly as possible. And that did seem to, you know, address it, right? We don't have any musty smells or anything like that. But, you know, there, there's still, you know, this is actually great for maybe another episode of HOA Nightmares, talking about, you know, some of their kind of germaphobe, you know, natures. Because, you know, things like in our basement, right, where they did spot mold, they, they've called out mold experts before and said, hey, look, you know, someone looked at the basement. You know, you, you guys might be surprised to hear this, but calling out a mold mitigation expert, they uh, they found mold. Oh, you know, right. and, uh, no, right. and, and guess yeah. what? You needed the uh, the full nine yards to treat this. So uh, they were talking about you know ripping out the studs and kind of reframing the basement. You know, it, it's take just it down to the foundation. Unbelievable. Build it yeah, build up. it back up. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah. Fortunately, this is. The people in our building aren't the kind of people who, you know, are very proactive with, you know, kind of getting a lot of bids on this kind of stuff. And it takes a lot of. Work. I mean, if that had happened here, yeah, that's that's such a good point because if that had happened here, I mean, our building would have looked like Fern Gully by the end of the week <laughs> with like the amount of heat and humidity just encouraging yeah, mold yeah. production. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, us as well, and I mean, in a big building like that, you know, it things spread through the walls pretty quickly, yeah. but at the same time, you have. Um, you have resources, you have management companies, and you, we have um, you know, savings that we have built up for right. these sort of large building issues. I mean, when something like this comes up, it's just the six of you guys. Yeah, right. right. The and six units, I should say, and figuring out how do you address this. I mean, you've got some, some real serious neighbor-to-neighbor, people-to-people oh, yeah. conversing big time. And you, you got to sell them on it too, right? So you got to sell them on the approach because they're getting sold by the contractor, the contractor, the mold expert, they're, they're all, you know, pushing their shtick. They're, they're showing, you know, all kinds of reports they're generating and you've got to come back to, you know, the residents and, and kind of sell them on what you think is right, you know? And, uh, I mean, it sounds like your upstairs neighbor certainly doesn't, you know, he doesn't, you know, jump to, to conclusions like I got to go buy a new washer dryer. Right. Let me see if the problem solves itself. Right. Right. 
Right. Well, it sounds like there's a tremendous amount of fodder for future episodes. Perhaps, John, I mean, maybe a special correspondent, given the unique dynamics of your building. And I, I don't want to take too much of your time. I think we've already, uh, you know, had this riveting story for our listeners. But it sounds like there's a tremendous it. amount of info for uh, for some future episodes. I hope the listeners have been taking notes. I certainly have. I mean, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we heard a lot of details about roofs, membranes, uh, shop yeah. vacs. Fern Gully. I, mean, you know, <laughs> I think this episode, you know, should be, uh, should probably be sponsored by Home Depot and shop. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Yeah. HGTV. Well, I mean, John, we can't thank you enough for sharing your, your new perspective you for, and expertise with us and all of our listeners. This has been a, truly a treat for us. So thank you. Myself as well. I, I loved, uh, love being a part of this and, uh, I want you guys to, to keep on, uh, keep on doing what you're doing. We're going to keep well, it know, up. I mean, this, this is, is going to be, work, so we're gonna gonna do gonna our be best. a hard episode to follow. Uh, That's true. you know, uh, Pat and I just, we, we don't have, uh, I mean, we, we might have to go into, you know, really into the archives of, of the the big stories uh you know the, the blood person uh really to really follow this up in the next episode because this yeah. was this is a strong one um well the good the good part about blood is that it coagulates right so you don't need to worry about you know just the buckets pouring out of the ceiling you know hopefully exactly. it will you know it'll do its thing and you know stop someplace in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Well, it's perfect to end on is just blood coagulating. So, John, thank you again, Stephen. This has been truly a treat for all of us. And, um, yeah, happy new year to all of our listeners. And we're going to, you know, be kicking off 2020 with quite a bang as well. So stay tuned for uh, for more stories from here, uh, all of us at HOA Nightmares. Follow us on Instagram and whoever owns HOA Nightmares without a one at gmail.com. Where are you? What is going on with your life? Please give us that email address. Uh, Exactly. Please send all your stories and follow us on Instagram. And uh, we will um, be continuing to populate that with some of these great stories and and certainly have some some fodder to to get some cool posts up about uh, everything John shared with us today. So thank you guys again. Thanks, everyone. Bye. All righty. Bye-bye.